Welcome to another episode of Daybreak Crypto. You're here with Mike and Jake, and we've got some uh, good articles to discuss today. Starting off, uh, we're talking about record high surge in ENS, which is the Ethereum name service domains, uh, triggered a 90% rally for ENS. So back on April 26th, ENS was sitting at around $14 and is now trading at $27.65 amid massive 24-hour trading volume. Uh, the total number of ETH name registrations jumped from around 2,700 on April 21st to over 21,000 a week later on the 28th. Um, these decentralized domains that end in ETH can kind of act like Ethernet wallet addresses, cryptographic hashes, or website URLs. And there's three main reasons around why the price has increased so drastically so quickly. And that includes the increase in demand for three and four digit ENS domains record high number of domain registrations in April, and rise in protocol revenue has helped increase the funds available to the ENS DAO. So we were just kind of talking about how five-digit ENS domains are going for, what was it, Jake, 30 bucks or 1.3 ETH or something like that? Uh, well, the five-digit ones are pretty cheap. Yeah, they're like 30, 40, 50 bucks. The four-digit one, the last one that went four minutes ago went for... Yeah, 1.3 ETH, which is a couple thousand dollars. Right. And then this one, so one of the most expensive sold in the last two weeks was 555.ETH. And it sold for 55.5 Ether, which is just under 157 grand just for this domain name. So the holders who scooped up ENS domains ranging from zero to 9,999 formed an exclusive Discord chat called the 10K Club. And this is more or less so that, you know, if you buy an NFT that has a 10,000 mint run and you get NFT, you know, 19, you buy that 19 ENS domain. It's basically like a like a community bolster. It's like having the Board Ape Yacht Club as your PFP or anything, you know, similar to that. But I mean, either way, the late month surge pushed ENS to just short of 163,000 new domain registrations in the month of April which is far and away a new monthly record. And on top of that, the total ENS domain registrations crept over a million for the first time in its history. So, I mean, they're doing something right. And what was cool is ENS saw its second, highly, second highest monthly revenue sitting around 7.8 mil. And that gets redirected back into the project's treasury to be used by the ENS DAO. So that's just another cool feature. Jake, what are your thoughts here? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of speculation, uh, which isn't necessarily new to the NFT space. Uh, the the big spike, yeah, seems to be coming from the zero to 10,000. And to your point about the 10K club, um, it kind of makes sense because it's a signal to each other, the people that are buying these up for these high prices that, you know, there's there's buyers and sellers. It's just a signal to everyone that there's a market now. And even if it is just, you know, a few thousand or a few hundred people uh, that are all speculating, um, you know, if there's a club that exists and there's people involved, it, um, it probably makes you a little more comfortable to speculate. It probably gives you a sense like, okay, well, there's a market here. If I want to sell it, it's not like I'd be SOL. Um, but it's at the end of the day, it's just um, a bunch of people sitting on domain names, which is also nothing new. I mean, you go back to early days of the internet and some people made a lot of money sitting on the right name and a company eventually came along and was like, Hey, I would really like 
uh, the website that has our name in it, and then you get to pay off someone like, you know, hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand uh, dollars. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the the long shot hope maybe for a lot of these people because this 10K club doesn't really have a roadmap or anything. Um, it's just a more or less a social club. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I guess I'd also add like Nike and Puma. Um, some of these companies that are venturing into the NFT space, they, they've bought their own .eth domains. And it seems to make sense for them because then you can create a very easy way to remember for their customers to figure out how to go see their NFT presence rather than trying to figure out, oh, what's Puma's public key, what's, which is just right. a random assortment of numbers and letters. You can just look up uh, Puma.eth. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the idea makes a lot of sense, but it um, seems like this temporary spike is uh, maybe just a pool of speculators, and uh, it's kind of my read, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, it's obviously great speculation. What I just thought of, which would be kind of cool, is that, you know, say, I'm just using Board Ape Yacht Club because that's the one everybody knows, but say you've got, you know, number 19 or, you know, 190, and you set up that 190 and you start a business off of that with, like, you know, kind of your history being, you know, I've been in the space, I have this PFP, I'm starting this new business. You could take payments through that. So, I mean, it really does... ENS, I like what ENS is doing. We talked, you know, a number of times over the last few weeks about HNS, which we're a little bit hotter on just because of the ether fees and gas fees needed to be able to transact on ENS. But it's definitely a cool concept. Uh, I agree with you. That is pure speculation. Like the guy that spent 155 grand on that three-digit thing, what's he going to do with it if he ever – is he just planning on never selling that NFT? You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there's risk and reward. And I don't know if these people are thinking with like the longest timelines or just, you know, six to 12 months, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. What I want to find out is what is like, uh, like one dot ETH. I'm, I'm, it's like a small NFT collection, but, right. um, I, I would imagine some of these lower numbers are a bit more rare, but um, I, I remember actually a friend of mine, his brother played World of Warcraft growing up, and he sat on the name of OF, and people would just offer him all the time, ridiculous amounts of money for his account just for the name. And he didn't care, so he said no. He liked of. He kind of liked the prestige. But within that community, the rarity was, was absolutely uh, valuable. So, uh, yeah, maybe these people make out. We'll see. 100%. Well, that's the thing. Like, is it just one NFT community that's going nuts? Because if it's not, then like, what does your number really, you know what I mean? I don't know. Mm -hmm. More more questions than answers, but. I want uh, jingle.eth, but uh, oh, man. it's not for sale right now, unfortunately. I might have to put an offer in. And then I was going to say, look on H&S. Yeah, I was going to, yeah, I was about to say, I don't really want to pay $30 for my NFT and then $1,000 for my gas. So uh, <laughs> I might have to wait on that. Uh, nice. Well, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, we do have a second article, uh, one that's uh, update on uh, the SEC and the regulatory front that we can switch on over to. Uh, basically, it was recently announced that the SEC is planning to almost double the number of people in its crypto enforcement division from 30 to 50. The new, the 20 new people will be a mix of investigative attorneys, trial counsels, and fraud analysts. They're changing the name, actually, of the cyber unit. 
to crypto assets and cyber unit, which will be these 50 people now. Uh, the SEC noted that they have particular interest in crimes connected to staking and lending platforms, DeFi, stablecoins, and NFTs. Um, I have a, two quotes I want to read from people in the SEC, and then I want to get your first impressions. But the first one is from the director of the Division of Enforcement. And uh, Mr. Gruel says, crypto markets have exploded in recent years with retail investors bearing the brunt of abuses in this space. Meanwhile, cyber-related threats continue to pose existential risks to our financial markets and participants. The bolstered crypto assets and cyber unit will be at the forefront of protecting investors and ensuring fair and orderly markets in the face of these critical challenges, which is kind of your boilerplate um, press release language. But uh, I also want to quote Gensler, who chimed in and said, by nearly doubling the size of this key unit, the SEC will be better equipped to police wrongdoing in the crypto markets while continuing to identify disclosure and controls issues with respect to cybersecurity. So uh, how do you feel about uh, the expansion of the SEC's uh, crypto unit? I mean, I... I mean, my first initial reaction is I hate it, but just because I hate it doesn't mean it's the wrong thing to do. And it's definitely, you know, I'm all for people not losing money on shitty projects that either rug pull or disappear or, you know, any hundreds of reasons people are getting scammed in the cryptocurrency space. And I do like, you know, the trial councils and the fraud analysts because that's an actual, you know, job that they can do and enforce, like, it's not going out there and, you know, pinpointing a certain person and going after them. Like it says later in the article, I think they have 6,000 cryptocurrency companies that are, that could be, you know, classified as securities and they want to look into all those at some point, 50 people aren't going to be able to do that. So I think what's mm -hmm. scaring me the most is just the enforcement division. Like, just the word enforcement doesn't doesn't ring well with me, but I mean it is what it is. Well, regulation is only good if you can enforce it. So there does have to be some measure of enforcement. I think one of the biggest issues with the SEC has been because they really talk about two different types of enforcement here. There's pursuing justice for people who commit crimes and scams and rug pulls, which I'm encouraged to see that the new positions being added are two of them are investigative attorneys and trial counsels. That to me sounds like people who can pursue people who commit crimes, uh, commit financial crimes and hold them accountable, hopefully retrieve some funds or at the very least pursue justice. I think that's absolutely what we need because we cover these, this kind of stuff every day on the show. I don't know about you, but it feels like we're seeing more and more of them. And so having someone try to pursue justice is a good thing. But on the, you have this other category and you talked about it. The SEC also really sees most of these crypto companies, that 6,000 you mentioned, as providing securities. And to them, if you're providing a security, you have to register with the SEC to market those securities. And so it's not necessarily that those companies are committing fraud or that they're like coming out here and like rug pulling and committing scams. They're just not licensing their product, which isn't a malicious act. It's just, it's a non-compliance act. And so the question becomes, are you building out your force 
to you know, pursue the people committing crimes? Or are you just trying to build out your, your force so that you can get a tighter leash on basically every crypto company? Because Gensler's made it pretty clear he wants to regulate the entire industry. So I think he's going to push comes to shove. He's going to probably qualify just about every crypto company as providing securities. So there's a difference between pursuing justice and just trying to get everyone to register with the SEC. And um, I, I, I'm very much in former, very much in favor of the former, but the latter seems like it might be an overreach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The main thing you read this quote earlier, but bringing up the staking and lending DeFi stable coins and NFTs. When I read that, it was like, well, goddamn, that's about all I'm interested in the crypto space. But being as interested and as involved as we are in those certain, you know, fields and subsects, you definitely do see on a daily, if not, you know, by daily basis, people getting either scammed or hacked or, you know, the Axie Infinity 600 million, which turned out to be, I think, North Korea, that Lazarus, I think we said, but it's, it's needed because there is so much money in the space and there's not many people looking out for the betterment. It's very community based where, you know, I trust you, you trust me, let's do this. And that obviously doesn't work out for the betterment of everybody. So I, uh, I do not mm -hmm. oppose regulation and enforcement to, you know, crack down on that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't really think even the biggest attractors can't come out here and be like, uh, you know, opposing pursuing those, the hackers and the scammers. But um, yeah, yeah. The entire debate over the SEC's approach is just how intrusive they are with seemingly uh, good faith companies and um, requiring everyone to register has been one of the sticking points, but there's, Something that maybe this doesn't quite speak to is just the entire attitude of the SEC. So there's a commissioner, Hester Pierce, known as Crypto Mom. She's been, she was a Trump appointee, uh, and she came in as kind of the anti-regulatory perspective within the SEC. Uh, and she's, uh, my understanding, she's safe in her commissioner role until 2025. But she's kind of been the internal dissident, and she's pushed for more cooperation with the SEC uh, amongst what cooperation between the SEC and crypto companies. And um, it's just an attitude that I, I think the SEC and Gary Gensler at least doesn't, it's just not really his approach. Um, she, so not surprisingly, she, she came out and said that the SEC should not be leading with enforcement. They should be leading with cooperation. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, there's a little, that, that's really the, the crux of the disagreement with the SEC's approach doesn't really change here. Um, it's, but, I guess for me personally, I, I hope that it's the new capabilities, the new capacity will be focused on trying to pursue justice for scams. And uh, yeah, keep in mind, you know, overhanging all this is this Biden executive order. We're expecting to see some kind of regulatory framework later this summer. So maybe they're building out in preparation for that. Who knows? Yeah, and something you just said, like, why are we leading with enforcement? We should be leading with cooperation. Initially, when I let, read that quote, I agreed with it. But I mean, if you enforce it initially, you're forcing everybody to cooperate. Whereas if you're just asking people to cooperate, I guarantee over 50% of those are going to put it off until they have to respond and actually do something. So this may be 100% the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think there is an argument to be made for the SEC to try to engage with crypto companies to create regulation that 
can still achieve their goals of protecting investors and consumers without being overly burdensome. But at the same time, if you go too extreme in that direction and you just allow the crypto industry to write its own regulations, we've actually already seen this to some extent in some state houses. Mm-hmm. What you get is what you get in any industry where the people, the laws that get created are not equitable. The idea that if you just let crypto, the crypto industry write its own laws, what you actually end up with is a couple of winners who get to write the language that benefits their particular company at the direct expense of all other crypto companies. So it's not like there's some like perfect, easy magic way to make regulation that just uh, perfectly balances safety for investors while, uh, you know, helping innovation. It's, um, I think it does have to start at the regulation has to be done at a centralized level, but you can still do it in a way that makes sense if you engage with companies in the crypto industry. And I think they're trying to navigate that, but um, it's impossible to tell from the outside. Definitely. Got to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but yeah. Well, hey, it was a uh, good to talk to you today, bud. I think we're coming up on time. Definitely. Great. Uh, great talking to you, too. Appreciate everybody listening in to uh, another episode of Daybreak Crypto brought to you by uh, crypto, chemistry, crypto Chemistry Team. We will check in with you all tomorrow morning. Yes, you, bud.